I did everything right and they indicted me. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and across from me, sipping on some coffee, is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. Some morning coffee. Last night, he was sipping on some scissor, (laughs) and today, he's sipping on his cup of morning joe. That's right. All right? Yeah, that's... And I'm about to get a cup of coffee also. If you want to be on camera, you just come right over there. If you don't, you just come right down the middle right here. There we go. Thank you. With the Splenda, too. How about that? Look at that. There we go. Thank you so much. Charlie's mom just brought me a cup of coffee. I was jealous of Charlie's cup. And uh, here we go. I had to make my own. (laughs) Ridiculous. Oh, oh, man. Okay, well, it is Friday. It's Dumb Bleep of the Week. Look at this Alaska coffee mug she brought me to. That's I wonder amazing. who went there. Mm. Not you. Not me. How many states you been to, Charlie? 49. 49? Mm-hmm. Almost all of them. Almost. Almost. <laughs> Just one it's missing. So cool. You should go to Alaska sometime. I should. You know yeah. what we should do is we should schedule like a fringe trip, uh, like a cruise to Alaska. D- Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, I think yeah. we should. I think yeah. we should do that. Okay, anyway, uh, it's, it's Friday. It's Dumb Bleep of the Week. That's where the people in the Fed Haters Club get to vote on the dumbest thing. It's June, Charlie, and for most of this show, it's going to be our Pride special. Okay. Okay? We want to be respectful. Uh, um, it is Pride Month. Because next week, I'm not going to be here. I'm going, to, I'm going on my fourth beach vacation of 2023. You love sand. Next weekend. And uh, so I'm going... And it's my birthday weekend. That's not why we're going. We're going to bury my grandma in the ocean. Mm. Uh, but thought that we would do that on my birthday. That way the date's easy to remember. <laughs> you know? So circle of life kind of thing. Right. Mm. You know? <laughs> so anyway. Is Elton John going to be playing in the background? Sure. Sure. Uh, we'll, we'll do that. Um, anyway, the Fed Haters Club gets to vote on the dumbest thing. It's kind of a pride theme, except for the first few that we're going to talk about. And then the rest of them will be... So, Charlie, if you want to, if you want to do Dumbleat number one, go on ahead. Charlie Kirk. Yep. Uh, He tweets, Donald Trump is facing 100 years in prison for a paperwork dispute. Meanwhile, House Republicans can't even manage to ensure Adam Schiff. Censure. I'm sorry. Censure. Adam Schiff for lying and deliberately leaking secret information to frame a sitting president and nullify a Democratic election. Democrats play for keeps. Republicans don't even play. Okay, so the last of it, whatever. I play for keeps. <laughs> play, we're all playing for keeps, okay? It's the first part. Listen, I get it. Is Trump being unfairly treated? Is he being unfairly treated compared to how other people get treated? The other presidents? Yes. And politicians? Yeah. You could say that. I would say he probably is. Um, is this a paperwork dispute? No. <laughs> no. No. These are classified top secret documents that were outright refused to be returned. And yes, if all of the indictment is true, there was clearly a scheme to obstruct and to hide and to lie and all of that. I'm not saying that all those things need to carry a hundred years in prison. I'm saying that this is not an effing paperwork dispute. And that is not, I bet that's not what he called 
Clinton's thing or Biden's documents in his garage? Is that a paperwork dispute, Charlie Kirk? The cult is why I'm upset about this and why it is a why it is don't believe number one. Also, he brings up Adam Schiff, and I mean, you can bring up just about any politician. Sure, they're all probably guilty, as we all are, of uh, breaking federal law. At least what what is it ten times a day? Mm-hmm. Somewhere around there, you you violate a federal statute. So look, they're all guilty. I get it. I get that it's not fair. I get that we we want to see the other side hurt just as much. <laughs> but this is the cool thing when you're not on either side. That's, it is pretty cool. It's the best thing. It's like watching gorillas fight in the zoo. You can sit here and and say they all suck, mm-hmm. and it's true. All right, that's number one, Charlie Kirk. I'm sorry if that makes some of you mad, but the next one, this is in favor of Donald Trump. Colties, I hope you stayed this whole time. <laughs> All right, don't worry. We'll say something nice about your orange man. Uh, while Trump was speaking, number two right here, Trump was giving a speech after his indictment. PBS puts this context at the bottom of the screen while running his speech. Experts warn, that's how you know it's going to be BS right after that. Okay, this is public BS news hour right now. Uh, Experts warn that inflammatory rhetoric from elected officials or people in power can prompt individual actors to commit acts of violence. Just so you know, Charlie, be careful listening to this. Mm. Okay, because you might just immediately go out and commit some acts of violence. Yeah. Okay, so this is almost like a Surgeon General's warning on the side of a pack of cigarettes, you know? Might have had another J6 incident. I know. You got to be careful. But if you put the warning on the screen, uh, that way people know while they're listening that they don't need to go commit any acts of violence uh, against people. It's completely ridiculous. And that's why it's dumb bleep number two PBS. Hey, look, we got a good group in here for bright and early on Friday morning. How about that? Sure do. How about that? Number three from Delusional Takes. Thank you to whoever put this in in the group. Uh, Here's the story. Um, A little boy's lemonade stand was robbed. There's a picture of the little boy. There's a picture of, I'm assuming, the people that were robbing it or just taking lemonade. Uh, Just a couple guys in hoodies and backpacks, probably in the backpacks, or other glasses of lemonade that they've been going around (laughs) gathering all day. This must be waterproof backpack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That right there. Uh, so the responses to this, there's several. There's a thread of the responses to this little boy. Now, just so you know, the little boy, would you describe him as white? He appears to be of Caucasian descent. Okay. Yeah. He looks white. He's wearing... He's wearing a nice little bow tie and cardigan with a blue button-down shirt. He looks like Mr. Rogers. <laughs> With a hat on. With a hat on, but he, he does have a bit of an emo cut. Like a hipster... A hipster emo haircut there. Yeah, like a yeah, like a little hipster kid. He looks basically. like he would be an, a, a, a fine young man. He's out there selling lemonade. Looks like lemonade. he's around eight years old, maybe, maybe ten years old, something like that. So let's start with a few of their responses then. Okay. This person says, R.I.P. Bozo, take the L, petite bourgeoisie scum. Or bourgeois, or bourgeoisie scum. Okay. So that's not nice. Mm -mm. This little rich kid down there, apparently. Charlie, go ahead. Maybe he shouldn't have dressed like a plantation owner. I see, because Mm -hmm. we typically, we, (laughs) 
It's always the right thing to do to blame what the victim's wearing. <laughs> Last time I checked. That's what he was wearing. Yeah, that's what he was wearing. That, that I like him. it. Now, Charlie, can you explain to me how he's dressed like a plantation owner? Hmm. Is it the cardigan? Well, I dare say, mate. <laughs> I do declare my lemonade stand has got the best lemonade all in all of the South. No, he's uh, he, here's why he looks like a plantation owner. Also looks like they're in New York, by the way. Here's why he's he looks like a plantation owner. The color of his skin. Mm. And then the fact that he's wearing a, a maybe a bow tie, which I don't know if that's a, is that a like 17 and 1800s? garment i mean he looks like a bow tie. just like leonardo dicaprio and django so that's exactly like him probably why okay what about the next one though uh someone says about the double back on this pip squeak in a week maybe don't dress your little white child up like he's selling black people instead of lemonade what <laughs> so a neatly yeah. dressed white child deserves to be robbed mm-hmm. because he looks like he's selling black people, even though there's lemonade in front of him. That's what, like Magoo said, he was asking for it. Look at him. He clearly <laughs> was asking for it. This poor kid. This person said, why did he dress like an old-timey racist? Yeah. I need pictures of old-timey racists. That's I, an, maybe, I don't know. I'm off here. I don't know what's going on. I mean, that's an, uh, you, if you zoom in, you can see that that's an antebellum bow tie. So... <laughs> Probably okay. Why. And then this one says petite bourgeoisie status owned. This is just you <sighs> selling things to people voluntarily. You don't, you know, you don't walk by and you threaten to put them in prison or hang them if they don't take your lemonade and give you money. You just offer it to them and they give you money if they want to. Uh, and that's bad. Mm -hmm. Just so you know, because some people can buy the lemonade and some people can't. And some people can afford to buy all of the uh, the things that go into making lemonade. Uh, I don't know what you put in it. Lemons. <laughs> Setting you up for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, lemons, maybe some water or something like that. Some people sugar. can't afford that stuff. Okay. And so that's inequality right there. Um, this person says they he were probably right. probably got the sugar from his sugarcane fields. <laughs> they were right to do it. Pure evil radiating off of this child. <laughs> Here's the the moral of the story is Charlie, um, he's white. Yeah, and there's the problem. People are disgusting. Even if he's a child, yeah, he's white and he's selling something, and so therefore he's a racist and he's evil. And that's how some people. This is not everyone. He's in the third grade. <laughs> third hmm. grade. That means he's ten. Yeah, nine. Nine or ten. You tell me you never met an evil ten-year-old? No, before? there are evil ten-year-olds. Yeah, well, this is one of them. Can't you see? Okay. <laughs> Look at this. Okay, dumb bleep number four. The NAACP says it is disappointed Biden ended pause on federal student loan payments. They are disappointed. So at in this debt ceiling plan that we did, you know, where we averted the world catastrophe, um, People, they're ending the pause on the student debt payments, okay? And so people are about to have to start paying those things back. Well, the NAACP is upset uh, because uh, it's racist or whatever. Well, the it disproportionately affects people of color. Exactly. The yeah. NAACP plans to send a letter to President Joe Biden on Tuesday night. A strongly worded one? 
Uh, they've obtained an advanced copy, and it does, in fact, contain strong words okay. in it. Yeah, so it is a strongly worded letter expressing deep frustration that the White House agreed to end the pause on federal student loan payments. Quote, we are disappointed that the needs of black communities have suffered from the negotiated agreement that will erode economic progress for black Americans. Another quote, it is disappointing that narrowing the racial wealth gap was not given a higher priority, adding that black borrowers were 50% more likely to have their loans fall into default. Uh, another quote here, should the Supreme Court fail to uphold student debt relief, this we're waiting on the Supreme Court on this right now, could come down today, actually, to uphold student debt relief, Black America demands that your administration pursue all legal pathways to make a permanent solution that respects the contributions of student loan borrowers, makes higher education more accessible and affordable, and ends the cycle of pushing black borrowers into poverty as they seek to share in opportunities afforded by this nation. Yeah. Freedom means freedom from responsibility. That's right. Charlie, mm -hmm. that's what freedom means. Okay, yeah. and why am I bringing up freedom? Because... Rokana used this opportunity, commenting with the NAACP, the talk about around the celebration of Juneteenth of all times, Charlie. He said, the NAACP is right to be frustrated that the admin has no plan to extend the pause on student loan payments. You can't celebrate Juneteenth and in the same breath saddle young black Americans with mountains of debt. Student loan forgiveness is about racial justice. Because, mm -hmm. because Amer mm -hmm. the government forced black people to take out student loans yes. to go to school, and now that's how they saddled them with this debt, a mountain of it. A mountain of debt. Not canceling debt that you freely chose to take out is saddling you with debt, even though you're the person who apparently went shopping for a saddle, all right? You took out the debt, you went to the college, and you're in the situation that you're in right now because of your own decisions in your life. But that's not what we're looking for here. This is a group of victims. We're trying to celebrate Juneteenth, which is, you know, when we were finally, finally free from slavery in the U.S., but there's another form of slavery here, Charlie. It's the slavery of having to pay for your own decisions. and yeah. that is not what people were bargaining for, okay? You don't want to be like everyone else who has to pay for their own decisions. Right. That's not equality. You want to be free. <laughs> you want to be free from your own responsibilities. Yeah. Okay, that's number four. Let's, uh, number five is just Nina Turner. All right, this also, the first one has to do with the student debt thing. We don't have to go through the redheaded libertarian thing, but it has to do with arguing against canceling student debt and she's got a couple comments here charlie okay the redheaded libertarian basically said people will take out one hundred fifty thousand dollars in loans sign a contract agreeing to pay that 150 back get a self-indulgent trash degree forbear it for months and then cry to the president begging him to force people who didn't sign contracts highlighting their bad choices to pick up the tab so Nina quotes this tweet, responds, and says, here's what people aren't understanding. The debate is over. I don't need to read any more then. No. That's why I said you don't even need to read what That's, Redheaded Libertarian said. The, the debate's over. The president ran on it and people voted. 
There is no ideological debate on this. That's it. It's over. Just like... <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know why we fought the Civil War. <laughs> People, The debate was over. There is no ideological debate. The, I mean, the... I don't know why people are upset about Roe versus Wade getting overturned. I don't, yeah. You knew that Trump was going to appoint conservative the justices to the Supreme Court. The people voted. People voted on it. The debate's over on this. What are we talking about? In fact, anything that Trump did or Bush did or any, any of the presidents Reagan did doesn't matter. I mean, Jim Crow laws were laws. The people voted. People voted. And they passed those laws. We shouldn't debate these things? Nope. Nope. This is so this is so absolutely ridiculous. The fact that whether something whether somebody got voted into office or not, or whether or not there's a law, or whether or not some government advocates for this or that, there is always debate on every issue all the time. Because people are always changing. Information is always changing. And also, can we talk about the authoritarian democratic nature of her uh of her comment? Okay, well, the people voted. It was uh, like 81 million people, as they say, to like 75 million people or whatever the number was. And so, therefore, we don't ever need to talk about it again. It's over right now. That means whatever Joe Biden does, it's totally fine. We can never talk about it again. It's, com it's complete narcissistic authoritarianism. In fact, what I responded to Nina with was, did you hold the same lazy-ass, narcissistic, authoritarian belief when Republican presidents did things that you didn't like? <laughs> and the, uh, the answer is no. But that, this is the danger of, this is, we're not even going to talk about this anymore. Now, clearly, she's still going to talk about it, and I bet she's still going to debate on it. But whatever. Here's another one from Nina, Charles. Healthcare should be free, is a comment. Libertarians, she's going after our friends, mm. okay? She says, healthcare should be free. Libertarians, that's slavery. And then she says, do you support reparations? Libertarians, no. Now she's, she's saying that, well, libertarians claim to care about slavery when we talk about healthcare being free, but do they support reparations? No. So clearly they don't care about slavery, which is a... I'm trying to be really, really nice to Nina today. So I'll just say that's a very dumbass argument from her. And I've actually, I didn't think that I could think less of her, but somehow she is getting dumber and dumber as more time goes on. And it, it shows that you should never... Well, she's running out of tweets. You should never make up your mind about people because they can always get worse. <laughs> All right, so do you support reparations? No. And then libertarians say, also, the minimum wage should be $0. That there's pretzel logic, she mm. says. Now, of course, she's saying the minimum wage should be $0 means that libertarians actually support slavery because they don't support reparations, and they think the minimum wage should be $0. By the way, it's not that the minimum wage should be $0. It is $0. Because if you aren't worth whatever the minimum wage is, then you're going to make $0. It's not a should. There is no should involved in economic conversations. Emotionomic conversations, sure. <laughs> That's fine. But there is no should in economics. Mm. I know that this is hard for people like Nina to understand. You know, it takes a little bit more. You have to think just a little bit longer, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. to get to the actual facts and logic. 
And so when you when it confuses you, you're just you can just declare pretzel logic. <laughs> that's it. No, just that's her not understanding things. Uh, so that's all number five. Number five is just going to be Nina Turner. Now number six is a response to uh, the quartering talking about bio. Now we're getting into the pride section, and we'll have to. Mm. Uh, yeah, we're doing fine on time right now. All right, now. number six, the quartering tweets. Biological men competing against biological women in sports is unfair and robs women who work their whole lives to compete at a high level any real fair shake. Stop being afraid to say this. It doesn't make you transphobic. Protect women's sports. Seems decent. That's not dumb. Jamel Hill quotes this and says, isn't it funny how protect women's sports? She gave the emoji <laughs> quotes. <laughs> Crowd is very okay with female athletes receiving substandard treatment when it comes to facilities, salary, and generally things that would improve the game, but are loud as when they can use women to promote their own bigotry. It's never enough for these people. No. I, I try to figure out how to understand what she's saying. And, and you have to realize when she says they're okay with female athletes receiving substandard treatment when it comes to facilities, salary, she, it, once again, is one of these people who looks at everything as has to be given to you. And that's how people have things. People only have things because it was given to them through some decree or some decision. The board made up a decision or something like that. She doesn't understand that the facilities and the salaries that the women are getting paid are, are what they have earned. In fact, it's probably a lot more than they've earned because in some of these sports, they literally take money from the men. It's already Like subsidized. the WNBA, right? Yeah. It's already subsidized by the NBA. And so they've already got better women's facilities than they have earned. subsidized by men's soccer. And so receiving substandard treatment is this mentality of everyone is just receiving things by the grace or the decree or the decisions of other people, and no one is working on or living with what they have earned. Nothing is the consequences of your own decisions or actions or your own responsibility or, once again, what you've earned. It's all what you've been given. And that's how some people view the world, which would make you very bitter. Mm -hmm. I get it. So that's number six, starting with the Pride Month celebration uh, right now. Number seven, I think Costco sent this over. This is great. I put a note over here on the side. It says, this is how you use the truth to tell a lie. All right, what's the lie going to be here, Charlie? Because we've talked about the Target stores getting bomb threats. Mm -hmm. Now, what I'm going to do, this could be boring, and in fact, that's the point. I'm going to read the article, the whole article, up until the point where they mention who called in the bomb threats or who emailed in the bomb threats. That's what I'm going to do. <clears throat> so let's go through the article. From the Washington Post, Target stores see more bomb threats over Pride merchandise. Now, Charlie, when you see that headline... I immediately think that it's the conservatives. And you did. I did. When we first talked about it. And this mm -hmm. is still happening. This, is, this qualifies in this week's Stumbleep of the Week. All right, Target stores in at least five states were evacuated this weekend after receiving bomb threats. Though no explosives, explosives were discovered, the incidents tie into the backlash over the retail chain's Pride Month merchandise. The threat Saturday in parts of Oklahoma, New York, Oklahoma. 
Oklahoma. Dang it. How do I forget about that? So so quick, man. Oklahoma, New York, New Hampshire, Vermont, and Louisiana mirror those made in recent weeks in Ohio, Utah, and Pennsylvania. In most instances, unknown individuals emailed the threats to local news outlets. The FBI and the Regional Joint Terrorism Task Force have been assisting with the investigation in some jurisdictions. Law enforcement investigated the threats and determined the stores are safe. Target said in the statement, all stores are currently open and operating regular hours. Quote, the safety of our team members and guests is our top priority, the statement said. An email sent to Oklahoma City TV station KFOR on Saturday afternoon listed seven locations in and around the area, starting the message with, we are going play a game. I hate it when I send a bomb threat and I forget one <laughs> of the words, you know? We are going play a game. Do you send like a correction email afterwards <laughs> with the little asterisks after to play a game? Yeah. We're going to play a game, and they ended it before 19, 1995, the day of the Oklahoma City bombing. Uh, several news outlets, uh, I said I was going to read the whole thing. <clears throat> the email claimed two of the seven Target stores have bombs. Uh, let's see. Several news outlets notified the Oklahoma City police of the threats. Police Department spokesman Gary Knight said in a statement, after the stores were evacuated as a precaution, police did not find any suspicious items, he said. Target, weeks earlier, announced that it would pull back its merchandise for Pride Month after threats over this year's collection. In a statement of late May, Target spokeswoman said, Given these volatile circumstances, we are making adjustments to our plans, including removing items that have been at the center of the most significant confrontational behavior. News outlets in Vermont, New Hampshire, and New York uh, received the same threatening email Saturday, according to the South Burlington Police. Chief Sean Burke. Uh, oh, the... The police chief, Sean Burke. The message, which accused Target of betraying the LGBTQ plus community, named a store in South Burlington, Vermont, and the ones in these other cities. Okay. Then we go. It took until. I don't know how many paragraphs in that was. There. But I just read the article up until that point. What percentage of people do you think read the article up to that point? One percent. One. That's probably, probably being generous. I. You know, I am a generous person. The rest of the story, by the way, Charlie, still just talks about the backlash from them having pride merch and the misinformation that went around about some of the pride merch and how people were threatening and has nothing employees. to do with, with who who they're suspecting of actually making these threats. In fact, I boxed in every time they said uh, what part of the email said or spoke whatsoever about the people who called in the bomb threats. And it was this box right there. It's this box right there. And it's that little box right there. Even though right there, they cast doubt on the idea that this is who it is because they say people are claiming to be angry about the removal of the pride merchandise. So the last time they talk about it, they cast doubt on the idea that it could even be Mm -hmm. this crowd that's calling in the bomb threats, which could be incorrect. I said that the first time we talked about it. This is how you lie while telling the truth. They told the story. All right. This is the story. The whole, this is all a true story. They didn't make stuff up at all. But most people are going to see the headline. They mentioned first off that Target was dealing with backlash from the retail chain having Pride Month merchandise. And then you got all these paragraphs right here. All that right there before they finally mention what the email said all the way down there. And they only spend that much time on it. For, about, be, for betraying. Yes. The LGBTQ plus community. Okay. Anyway, uh, that's Dumb Leap number seven. Charlie, there's an article in the show notes number associated eight. with this. 
A women, uh, woman-only spa forced to allow trans customers with penises, even though everyone is naked. Hmm. From the New York Post. A Washington judge has ordered a woman-only nude spa to accept transgender women who still have penises. Seattle District Court Judge Barbara Jacobs Rothstein on Monday upheld a discrimination ruling against Olympus Spa filed by local trans activist Haven Wilvich. The traditional Korean spa had maintained that it's a that its woman-only rule is essential for safety, legal protection, and well-being of our customers. It willingly accepted transgender <laughs> women, but only if they had gone through post-operative sex confirmation surgery. Wilvich, however, identifies as a woman, but is biologically male and has not undergone sex reassignment surgery. He's just a guy, by the way. Yeah, this is a dude. Yeah. Dude with a, with a penis. Yeah. We'll talk more afterwards. He, he was a man. <laughs> he had a penis. He had a beard. <laughs> um, Wilvich told the Post on Friday that the complaint came after a phone call to the spa, not a visit, and being told that pre-op trans women are not allowed. So dudes are not allowed. Mm-hmm. Pre-op um, trans women uh-huh. are not allowed. <laughs> That's right. Quote, they were breaking Washington state law, and I reported that violation. Mm. Wilvich first complained in February of 2020 in the Washington State Human Rights Commission, later agreed that the Korean spa discriminated against Wilvich based on sexual orientation. I did it! Wilvich had posted at the time celebrating getting, quote, the main naked lady spa in the area to change their policies and allow all self-identified women access regardless of surgery and genitals. I, I'll cut, I want to cut in for a second. These people disgust, <sighs> disgust me, Charlie. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean trans people. I mean people who go around forcing other people to do things just because they want to and interrupting other people's daily lives and their businesses that they have just because they feel entitled to something. Those people disgust me. All right? Go continue. Mm. In her ruling, Rothstein noted how the uh, Washington State Human Rights Commission defines sexual orientation as including those whose, quote, gender identity, self-image, appearance, behavior, or expression is different from that traditionally associated with the sex assigned to that person at birth. So whatever you want. Mm-hmm. That's, what it, that's how they define it. Just, they define it by literally no definition. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want. Whatever you feel. Spa owner Myun Woon Lee sued to reverse the decision, saying it defined his traditional, theologically conservative Christian values and put his clientele at risk. Lee, who's owned the spa for 20 years, also conveyed his fear that exposing female customers, especially minors, to male genitalia could subject Olympus Spa to criminal penalties. You're not allowed to expose yourself. Guess we'll have to look at the penal code. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know which button. Yeah. The commission, quote, does not use genitals to define gender identity and recognizes that a person's gender identity can be different from the biological sex assigned to that person at birth. However, Olympus Spa's biological women policy focuses on the genitalias of patrons rather than allowing transgender women to access your facilities based on their gender identity. Ask about 
When asked why about the women who complained about seeing male <laughs> genitalia, Wilvich said, <laughs> quote, <laughs> because <laughs> if you reduce women to their genitals, then you are no better than the patriarchal culture <laughs> that you are pretending to critique. I think that's true. I think chosen womanhood is just as valid if not more valid. <laughs> I hold on, read that read the quote again. Read the quote. The longer again. this goes on, the more I'm just like we are this is literally this is all a nightmare. Dude, I need you to save some space because we're still going to talk about California later on. Okay, Wilvich <laughs> said, this dude with a penis who I tries to identify as a woman said, if you reduce women to their genitals, then you are no better than the patriarchal culture that you are pretending to create to critique. This is a this is a guy, a patriarchal dude, a guy <laughs> who was saying who was speaking out against the patriarchal culture, and then saying that chosen womenhood is more valid. Then, yeah, he literally says, I think that's true. I think chosen womanhood is just as valid, if not more valid, mm -hmm. than people who don't analyze their gender, who don't think critically about the role that they've been given in society. Charlie, by the way, like Costco said here, here's, a, here's the deal. If you want to go look at a bunch of naked ladies, just go to a ladies spa and say, I'm a lady. Mm. And then you just drop trowel, you hang drain. And you go in there and you say, what's up, fellow women? Yeah. How's it going? Mm. And um, that's how you do it. Not that you would do that. Yeah. But some people could. Okay. Well. I mean, people are just jealous of other women who can pee standing up. I know. You know that's, what it, <laughs> I know. that's what it all comes down to. Just, this, is, <laughs> this is so, okay. All right. Hold on. What if we both said that we were ladies right now, Charlie? Both of us, we just identified as women. Mm. Okay. Do people just have to accept that? In Washington? Yeah. All right. Now, what if I identified as a woman and then, and then we hooked up? <laughs> you still straight? Um, I, I never thought of that. Charlie, so. <laughs> if we both say that we are women, would that make us lesbians in that scenario? Pro uh Probably. I'm just trying to work my head around how far people can commit to this ideology of oh. anything that you say is anything. Oh, they can go all the way. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're going to talk right. about next. Oh, yeah, California. that's right. That's right. Well, we have a little break oh. beforehand, kind mm. of a catch-your-breath type scenario. Okay. Okay, where we're going to talk about equally terrible things. This one's funny, though. Okay, this is Lockheed Martin's pride float all right and so we'll we'll play <laughs> guys it's lockheed martin's pride float when i think of lockheed martin by the way mm. pride is the thing that i most uh feel when i look when i think about them Mm. 
Okay. Now that we've seen this, they did the meme. That is correct. They've officially done it. I feel like someone wanted to make it a joke, uh, but this has been an ongoing meme for quite some time. Republicans, they drop bombs on people. Democrats, it's the exact same plane, only it says, yes, she can, Black Lives Matter, and it has a <laughs> rainbow tail fin, and they're just dropping bombs they on They all people. love dropping bombs. <laughs> and that's the main, the point is that you get the same thing. And mm. so Lockheed Martin's actually doing the meme at the moment. This company, I mean, they make devices that... Kill gay it, people. That, that it's well accepted they've killed like a million innocent people around the world At just least. being conservative, okay? But if you put a rainbow on the bomb, totally fine. At least it's okay. a, then, that, then it's a nice bomb. <laughs> We're going to bomb the frogs gay. I like that. Mm -hmm. By the way, has anyone listened to RFK Jr. on Joe Rogan yet? Anyone listen to that um, that interview? I've been listening to it, just in case you're wondering. It. Uh, I realized that he literally told the story about the uh, altrazine. Is it altrazine in the water uh, that they tested that was turning the frogs? Mm. And they would change their gender, or they would. And he literally, he scientifically and non-ironically told the they're turning the frogs gay story. Mm. Uh, but so he was, that's where that comes from. <laughs> I guess okay, so. Yeah. I'm guessing it is. I just realized that that's what he was doing. Okay, the next one is a video. We'll just play that right quick. Uh, this is from uh, Secretary Javier Bashera speaking with uh, Representative Jim Banks. This also has to do with our newest minority class. Oh, by the way, from that story with the... Uh, yeah, I didn't get to finish it. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. The end of it was... She claims that the identification in the court documents is a dangerous precedent to be set for minority people. Okay. That's the thing. You have a bunch of uh, white kids who are upset that they're, that they're not as victimized as black people, and so mm -hmm. they had to create them for themselves a minority category. All you have to... So what's funny <sighs> is I read that... And it's the reason that I was going to why we were talking about how we could identify differently. Because I was thinking about us as two white dudes, how we could then become victims. A victim. Mm -hmm. And all we have to do is try to get naked with a bunch of women against their will and against their wishes while saying that we are also women and we are minorities. Now, we're the victim. We are a victim, and they are the oppressor they, in that scenario. By going to the spa, they've always gone to. Yeah. They've always gone to. Okay. There we go. Let's, uh, so that was a couple dumbs ago. You reverse, yeah, you reverse the victim-abuser <laughs> role. <laughs> okay, here's a question about whether or not hospitals can receive grants uh, if, they, uh, if states are banning transgender surgery for minors or transgender treatment gender-affirming care for minors. Now, remember, when they talk about state grants, we'll be like, oh, well, they don't, states don't need to be getting grants anyway. That's stolen money. Well, the government steals all the money from the states and the people in the states, and then they're talking about not doling it back out to those states because they're banning 
gender affirming care mm -hmm. for minors. That's right. This spring, HHS released. But not people who are like mining for minerals and stuff. I'm talking about people that are underage. Yeah. Those kind of minors. Released a 112 page report claiming that gender affirmation, including social transition, changing one's name, pronoun, and or appearance, is appropriate and beneficial for gender minority children and adolescents, according to this report. The, the report recommends cutting federal funds from states with, quote, policies that stigmatize transgender children, including by denying them access to medically necessary health care, end quote. Mr. Secretary, is, does this mean that HHS is seriously threatening to withhold hospital grants from states like my own if they refuse to go along with surgeries or or puberty blockers for kids? Congressman, we're going to protect the rights of any American to get the health care they're entitled to. And if someone tries to stop them from that, that's a violation of the law. So you would withhold hospital grants from states like mine that ban transgender sex reassignment surgeries for minors. I mean, that, that's what the report says, we clearly. Will, we will protect the rights of any individual to receive the health care they're entitled to, and we will take action against anyone who tries to discriminate. So that Okay. No, there's that. So quid pro quo. <sighs> okay. We got to speed on because we got to talk about California. Mm. All right. Uh, we've got the, this, that was number 10, by the way, uh, HHS secretary Javier Becerra. And now we've got number 11 this is the last one. And it's going to be called California. And it's going to have two stories from California that people have been talking about uh, this week. Charles, if you want to, you want me to take the first one? If you want to do the honors on the first one that we can do. All right. It. This is from uh, Free Beacon. California bill would redefine infertility to give men access to pregnancy treatments. California lawmakers are advancing a bill that would redefine the inability of men to get pregnant as infertility and entitle them to insurance-covered fertility treatments. Let me read that again in case everyone fell asleep. California lawmakers are advancing a bill that would redefine the inability of men to get pregnant as infertility <laughs> and entitle them to insurance-covered fertility treatments. Question, though. What about a trans man that can get pregnant? Now, is that an oppressor, an oppressive man over the infertile men? Who can't get pregnant? I, I seem to be infertile. Yeah. Myself. Like a trans man comes in, you know, he's got ovaries. I think you're asking too all many questions. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. It just is now. That was racist. Yeah. Okay. The legislation which passed the Senate late last month and is about to be taken up by the Assembly would require employer-sponsored insurance plans to cover all non-experimental fertility treatments including artificial insemination of pregnancy surrogates. Supporters of the legislation have touted it as an overdue step, an overdue step toward fertility equality <laughs> for LGBT people. What about the Qs? Uh, well, they don't like them anymore, I guess. Freshman state senator Caroline Mehava... <laughs> said, quote, it will ensure that queer couples no, no. longer... Sorry. They left off the Q. That's the Q. I'm just driving me nuts right now. That's because she's going to spell it out here. Okay. It will ensure that queer couples no longer have to pay more out of pocket to start families than non-queer families. 
This bill is critical to achieving full lived equality for LGBTQ plus people. They got everyone there in that time. As well as advancing well-rounded and comprehensive health care for all Californians. It will ensure- I know what you're thinking. <laughs> it will ensure that queer couples no longer have to pay more out of pocket to start a family than a non-queer family. Meaning, if you're if a guy and a girl are together and they're just and they're non-queer. They're together, and they have one drink too many one night, and you know things happen, okay? And then that creates a baby. That should be the same as when two guys, they want to have someone else, you know, use their sperm and impregnate a surrogate and have that person carry a baby if that costs more, if that situation costs more money, then it's unfair. Then a guy and a girl having sex in their bed at home, if that situation costs more, then that's inequality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You're spot on. The fertility insurance bill would expand the coverage mandate for employers to include IVF and expand the legal definition of infertility to include, quote, a person's inability to reproduce either as an individual or with their partner without medical intervention. Infertility would no longer be defined only as a disease or medical condition, but also as a status, such as being in a gay or lesbian relationship or being single. A person's, here's infertility, a person's inability to reproduce as an individual or with their partner without medical intervention. So human nature the nature of homo sapiens is wrong, okay? And if two guys can't do their thing and a baby develops, then that's infertility as defined by this law and is a new status. It must be covered by insurance. How do you think insurance is going to react to this? Jeez. State Farm's already pulled out of doing home insurance in California. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Yeah. Of course, the left blamed it on climate change mm. because too many wildfires. Actually, California has laws saying that they can't raise their prices yeah. uh, any more than a certain amount uh, to ensure the risk. So maybe that's the reason. Okay, here's another one for you. Let's go. California bill would punish parents who don't affirm their child's gender identity. Mm. A newly revised California bill would treat parents' refusal to affirm their child's gender identity as a violation of health, safety, and welfare in the context of custody disputes. You know, it's all of these things that, we, that we've been talking about. And we, we used to say this all the time. Like, it's so good. Like, it's such the right thing to do that they have to force people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Of course. Idea is so good, they got to be forced. Mm-hmm. Or th- you got to be threatened that your kid could be taken away. The yeah. bill, which already passed the state assembly, would require judges adjudicating such disputes over transgender identifying children to favor a parent. So you're in custody battle right now. Okay. Trans identifying children to favor a parent who affirms their child's gender identity. Earlier this week, the authors released an updated version that specifically denies the health, safety, and welfare of a child to include, defines, sorry, the health, safety, and welfare of a child to include a parent's affirmation of the child's gender identity 
a change that the bill's opponents worry will open the door to non-affirmation being treated as abuse. And so why would it not? If, if health, safety, and welfare also include affirming... This one, it's one of those conversations, Charlie, where it's so, it's so maddening, it's so insane, it's so off the wall, it's so removed from reality that it's tough to even explain what you feel when you talk about it. Because you're talking about children who know nothing. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they're talking about ever at all. And if you don't affirm whatever their feelings are on this specific thing, by the way, because they know the main difference between the man and the woman, for sure, as a seven-year-old child, they definitely know. If you don't affirm that, then that means you could be taken away from one of your parents. I'm going to play this clip. AB957, California State Assembly Member Wilson explains her reasoning behind considering this bill. Let's hear it. This particular bill adds the very important factor that affirming a child's gender identity is in their best interest, which is what your question is about. Why does it get, why does it actually say that in an affirmative way? And it really is because if you have a seven-year-old who's, who's talking about having a potential to say, I being able to articulate that they believe that they are not the same gender um, as they are biologically, then it should be affirmed. And through care, it should be determined. And that's what we did with our own child. And that would give the ability for a parent who wasn't sure to affirm and get their child the care that they need to make that, so they can begin to articulate that determination. But by saying and rejecting it in wholesale, then you're essentially rejecting your child. And that is not in the best interest of a child. We should be affirming our children in every possible way and getting them whatever appropriate care they need, whether it's based on their gender, whether it's based on how their um, studies are in school. It doesn't matter. Our children should be affirmed. And this is saying that. Hold on. Whether it's based on their gender or their studies in school. What? I didn't even hear that part yet. Basically, whatever your kid wants to do, you should affirm it, mm-hmm. Charlie. Yeah. As a, I'm not a parent, and so I can't talk on this. But, Charlie, I want to give you some advice. Whatever your kid wants to do, you should affirm it. Don't mm-hmm. want to do your homework? Doesn't matter. Okay? You want to take pills to... It doesn't identify as a homework, a homework kid. Yeah. No, neither. So... <sighs> Cookies for breakfast? My God. Candy for breakfast? <clears throat> That's right. You want to be a monster truck? Don't worry. I got the shocks on order right now. Let me tell you, uh, you know the Jordan Peterson... I can replace his legs with shocks and wheels, <laughs> you know? The Jordan Peterson... Monster truck affirming surgery. Uh, original controversy had to do with him refusing to use the pronouns that people were trying to force him to use, okay? Well, Even, kind of. He didn't refuse to do it. I yeah. get it. He didn't outright refuse to he use it. He was speaking out against a bill that yeah. would uh, compel speech. Yes. Okay, and I remember, I've, I've said this a bunch, my wife was like, why is he making such a big deal about it? Why not just, why not just do it? Who cares? This is why. This is the answer to that question. We've also got a friend who comes on the show sometimes, I'm not going to give any names, who says, I don't care about this kind of stuff. I don't think it's important. In the... And this is why these things are important. We're talking about a state removing children from their parents because the parent did not agree to block their child's puberty or whatever else the reason may be. Um, 
I realize that people can move out of the state or whatever, but normally California tends to bleed out into the rest of the United States. The reason that this conversation matters is because this is the logical conclusion of the conversation. If you believe those things, if you believe all pronouns, then this is the logical conclusion. Mm -hmm. It's either true or it's not. And if it's true, then you're going to have to legally define and protect it with all the ways that the, that the government legally defines and protects everything else that they do. And this is why those little annoying conversations actually do matter. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get the votes. All right, y'all get your votes in. How uh, it's uh, getting that together. Let's uh, run through this here <clears throat> list for everyone who's listening so they can think. Think on it real quick. Charlie, I know you kind of got to go here quick. And number yeah. one is Charlie Kirk talking about Trump's paperwork dispute. Okay, PBS is number two, talking about Trump's speech, giving context and saying that experts warn that hearing this man speak can cause violence to happen. Number three is the Lemonade Stand Kid getting robbed in the comments on that. Number four was the NAACP and Ro Khanna talking about student loans and saddling black people with debt that they did themselves. Number five is uh, two things from Nina Turner, the debate being over, which is one of the most infuriating things I've ever seen from her. Okay. I didn't have... And then libertarian thought has your mind in a pretzel. Yes. <laughs> That's what it is. Number six was Jamel Hill talking about protecting women's sports. Number seven was the Target bomb threats article from the Washington Post. Number eight was the women's plus penises spa in Seattle. <laughs> number nine was Lockheed Martin doing the meme. Uh, number 10 was HHS Secretary Bashir and the idea that they're going to withhold grants to hospitals in states that have banned gender-affirming care for children. Number 11 is California and these two specific bills, fertility, equality, and child abuse when not affirming your child's whims. All right, get your votes in. Get your votes in while you're voting. Uh, there's a clear winner already. Yeah, it's, it's done. It's California. Way, it's California, so yep. California wins. <laughs> All right, y'all, if you enjoyed today's episode, please share the show with a friend, a family member, or a foe. Go to joingml.com and sign up to be part of the Fed Haters Club. We appreciate every single one of you for joining live every single day of the week when we go live. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's like yesterday it's... we didn't, but today we did, and you guys are here, and we appreciate that. Um, go to godhatesfeds.com, pick up some merch. You can also, there's a link there to get to the Fed Haters Club as well. So go sign up. Do all those things I said. Leave us a rating and review. Share the show. And if you do, we'll be back again on Monday. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.